0: chat podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR chat podcast. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by LaTonya Wilkins. LaTonya is Director of Talent Management at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. This interview today with LaTonya will focus on her role building high-performance culture and developing and aligning the talent strategy to the business strategy. Latonia, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be here today.
1: Let's uh, let's jump straight in. Firstly, tell me a bit about your career background.
0: Yeah, so so um, I'm Latonia Wilkins, and I've got a wealth of experience uh, in HR strategy and talent management. I started my career actually as a recruiter. Uh, with a staffing firm, and I knew early on that I wanted to do something a little bit more strategic and so that 's when i went back and i and i got my um m b a and um upon um the summer for my summer internship, i interned with uh g e and i and i went back there full time went through the their h r leadership program that was some of the best foundational h r training i've i 've experienced um that 's where i learned. Uh, the ins and outs of succession planning and leadership development and just strategic HR management. I was doing that for a while, and then I knew that I wanted to uh, be a, a little bit more strategic, hands-on with, with clients, and so that's when I went went to bearing point and I, I became a uh, human capital and strategic change consultant in, in that group. And that was really exciting. I was able to work with uh, clients around the world to partner on human capital strategies. Uh, this was a time when leadership development uh, within organizations was, was really important, especially organizations, government organizations working together. So I was able to get involved in some of that after 9-11, and uh, that was very interesting. I was doing that for a while, 100% travel, and, and so then I, that's when I started branching out. In, a, in the last uh, about five years of my career, I've I've done global talent management um, with larger companies. I, I recently um, made the move to um, higher education, which is a new industry for me. I actually um, was talking to a friend one day, ran into him. He had he had told me a, a little bit about this role, and so I I kind of fell into it. And now I am the director of talent management for the College of Business um, at UIUC. Um, we have a top accounting program. We also have a top IMBA program. And so what I'm here for is I'm looking at the culture and what we can do to make this a great place to work.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Um, So let's delve a bit more into uh, your role there at the university. Can you um, can, can you tell us more about what an average work week looks like, for example?
0: Yeah, there's really not an average week. So I, I, I came in about nine months ago, and when I started, my big priority was, was, was a culture survey. So getting that out from the culture survey, uh, we have four HR priorities that, that I'm working towards. And so day-to-day, it's, it's, it's looking at those, those, those priorities, aligning everything we do to those priorities, um, listening uh, to, to employees, listening to our faculty, uh, listening to our staff and others uh, so I could get some input in, into how to do this. Um, now, since I've, I've, I've got a, gotten a foundation, we're really starting to get into um, the thick of some of these things. Um, our four priorities are onboarding, uh, culture, building a high-performing culture, so that includes diversity and inclusion, learning and development, um, hiring, and performance management, which is a huge priority, um, revamping our performance management strategy and aligning it more to our strategic planning process.
1: I'd love to hear more about how you're uh, you're reevaluating and uh, repositioning the performance management strategy. Uh, have you have you, for example, adopted any new technologies in the last year to help you with that?
0: We have not yet. So with with um, I, I came from private industry, and now I'm moving into higher education. And one of the things I'm finding is that there's not as much technology here. Um, and that's something that I've been working with our head of IT on. And we're looking at a couple different options for a new system. We're looking at maybe even doing something homegrown um, or for the first year just kind of doing the process, seeing how it goes, and then, and then using technology to enable the process a little, a little more. I know that one of the things that, that we would like to do with this is also offer uh, training and interaction um, when it, for managers, coaching, uh, coaching uh, primer, all of that um, online as well. So we're, we're looking at the pieces. I, some of the systems that I've been exposed to that I, that I really like that, it, that it need more of a, a, a long-term implementation, our, our workday, um, that, that's one that I've that I've really um, liked. And then I've also had some experience using Kaleo.
1: So given the interconnected nature of a university employee environment, are there opportunities as well perhaps to, um, uh, to push forward with constant feedback programs which supplement those um, six-monthly or yearly performance yeah. reviews?
0: really want to get at and I I think Bill you're exactly right Um, to to really make that work seamlessly you need some sort of technology to remind managers so so I I think it's getting to that process Um, one of the things that we are that we're going to try to build in is have um, in addition to year-end reviews mid-year reviews and quarterly ongoing feedback so uh, employees can understand where they're at Um, all this will be aligned to our goals Um, so it's going to be a win-win situation for for employees and for us in the organization because then we can better achieve our goals uh, as an organization and and kind of understand a little bit more where we're going prioritize uh, delegate those goals to employees and and measure them on an ongoing basis so that provides again us with more productivity as an organization, and employees with more career satisfaction because they have a better roadmap on on where they need to be and how they're contributing to the, the bigger mission of the organization.
1: What would you say to those people who um, asserts that traditional performance reviews are, are, are a thing of the past?
0: They are. <laughs> they they <laughs> definitely are. Um, I, I think, um, and when I, when I became um, involved in Disrupt HR because. There are a lot of frustrating processes that that we as hr uh professionals perpetuate and i think performance reviews is one um i think the way that uh performance reviews are structured now is um they're structured to keep people out of trouble right they're structured um so the manager is in control of the situation um they're structured so uh people uh don't have to talk every day and um, at the end of the year, you're just you're basically um, throwing the coin up in the air, heads or tails, and am I going to get my full bonus or or not? Uh, we need to get away from that as HR professionals. I, I think uh, the intimidation around that has been, yeah, it, it takes a little bit more time up front to to understand how to do this on an ongoing basis, but what you get out of it um, is going to be happier employees, probably firing fewer people, right? I, I think um make exit strategies will be a lot easier to devise um and again employee engagement employee experience is a huge part huge differentiator of any hr organization so it really gets at that issue and heightens that within your organization so yes definitely they are outdated they are antiquated and i I don't think there is a magic formula for the right way to do this i think it depends on the organization but at a bare minimum there need to be more touch points uh, between the manager and the employee on where they are at any any given moment or any given day
1: okay so you mentioned engagement there and touch points let's let's uh let's continue down that vein just for a second but uh mm-hmm. in t- in terms of onboarding and attraction um what what so you're still relatively new into your role and you mentioned that you've come from private sector before in, in into into education what well, what are the big advantages for educational institutions when it comes to attracting top candidates and and also is there a really amazing opportunity for employee advocacy purely because of the numbers um of probably digitally active people that that are working with the university
0: so you said advantages of yeah absolutely okay Yeah. yeah yeah so one of the things that that i've enjoyed is working with very smart people so um lots of um intellectual stimulation Lots of innovation. I, um, as you know, <laughs> higher education is changing at light speed, right? Um, I, I don't know if you've seen in the news recently, but New York uh, just passed a bill to, to offer free higher education for everybody in that state. Um, look more into it, d- d- dug deeper. And what it really is, it's kind of like a Stanford model where they're, they're, they're awarding grants to students that are of a certain income rate, like under 100,000 a year um, household income. So it, it's changing and it's, it's a, an exciting time to be, be in. Um, one of the things that we've done is, like I said, innovated, um, come out with a, with a new IMBA program. And while um, a lot of institutions have um, online MBA programs. Ours is ours is very innovative in the way that we deliver it. We also we also offer it at a, at a great price. So um, that's that's just another um, disruption, I would say, um, in the educational industry. I also think that we are it's just a great place to work here. Um, I think we have our, our our dean is very focused on um, making this a great place to work. And you know, as you know, Bill, it, it starts at the top, right? Um, and that's really where the direction comes from, and that sets the tone. Uh, for the culture and 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 where the organization is going um, when it comes to people and culture, and, and like I said, he's a, he's a huge sponsor of that. So I think all those those reasons are are, are a great um, reasons to join um, higher education, especially our, our college of business, which is like I said, it has has pretty high rankings with, within within these, especially these two programs, notably, and also just looking at where we're going. There's not a lot of institutions uh, focusing on talent management. I've had to do some some benchmarking and there's there's maybe a handful that are actually looking at talent management, but but, but they're seeing the benefits of it.
1: Okay, thank you. Um you've kind of hinted at some I, I think already, but what are you what are the top three things you love about your role?
0: So the, the top three things. I think number one is uh the ability to to innovate. So uh, looking at um, the, the HR processes and, 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 and innovating and, and looking at things a little bit differently. I mean, that's encouraged here and that's also embraced as well. I, I think um, number two is um, just really doing, doing some problem solving, um, understanding um, what's going on in the organization, how to solve the problems on a more macro level, and that's what I'm going to be talking about um, in my Disrupt, Disrupt HR um, talk, is, is, is how do we as HR professionals um, solve problems? What does that look like? How can we move forward? Why are we, we're creating problems, actually. So just um, being able to, to solve those problems every day. And number three, I would say just being, um, being at the table, um, understanding our organizational strategy, and truly, truly being able to align our people strategy to that. Um, every organization says they do that but when you look at it it's it's not either it might be happening but it might just be happening at the top levels but people sometimes cannot connect the dots between you know organizational goals and tying that to to people goals and so that's something I like I said I could truly do and I could communicate that across the organization so they see the value in talent management
1: Okay, so you and I we're we're in a meeting, okay, at, at the university there, mm-hmm. and um, and you introduce the meeting, and you say, okay, t- today I want to explain to you guys how we're going to set out a program to align those talent strategy goals to business strategy goals. What are what are the what are the t- top things that you 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 present at the at the top of this meeting uh, with with all the right people?
0: Yeah, well, I would present our our strategic priorities. Um, and and all of our strategic priorities. If you look at them, it's 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 creating um, being acknowledged as a top ten undergraduate program, um, compelling um, MBA brand, and just having outstanding scholarship within our faculty. So those are those are our three strategic priorities. And one of the essential foundations for that is um, people um, being an organization that hires the right people and invests in their success. So with within these priorities. Um, I think that's where you know the culture came from. that's where these culture initiatives came from. the talks about culture, that's where um, the talks about performance management came up because in order to to have organizational excellence, you you really have to have employees um, you know have understanding what their goals are, clarity their goals and tying that to, like I said, these, these bigger organizational Priorities, which are again undergraduate excellence and BA brand. You need the staffing to do those things, to deliver those things. You need the branding to deliver those things. Um, You need the intellectual capital to deliver those things. And so that all relates to talent management. Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, And where do you where do you find these purple squirrels uh, that your the the top talent? Um, Are there any particular services that you guys use? Um, Do you find that a, a lot of it is internal? um
0: you know yeah and that's something uh bill that i came to work on here it's a lot it's a lot different the environment is um where the candidates uh you see a lot of local candidates um one of the things i'm trying to do uh as i said one of our priorities is building culture high performing culture part of that is diversity and inclusion part of that's learning development part of that's communication um diversity inclusion is something that 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 i'm really Trying to push here, and how do we get diverse kind of talent in here? Um, diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity um, finding people from inside this industry and outside this industry. So um, that's that's a work in progress. That's one of our priorities. I think um, in the past it's been you know a lot of people move across campus and they, they might want to come work for the college of business. It's it's very it's a very highly sought um, after school and role. Um, here on campus a lot of people want to work for our college of business so it's it's a combination of that and it's a combination of, of, of attracting external candidates and like I said those individuals are the ones where we have to have a better uh, employer value proposition and that's some, one of the things that we're, that we're working on and like I said being able to to talk about the value and that this that working here adds, and I, and I like I talked about that the intellectual stimulation, working with smart people, really caring about our people, um, and innovating with within the college.
1: Okay, we love that word innovation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the,
0: does. It's just like yeah, it's like you get brownie points every single time you say it.
1: So, in the next twelve to twenty-four months, Latonio, um, if you if you could help oversee two or three major innovations in how you guys recruit and onboard your talent, what, what, would, what would they look like?
0: So I think uh, the first one is uh, passive recruiting. Um, that's a huge um, thing that we need to be doing here. And uh, Bill, in, in, in the private sector, you know that is, we're now stranger, right, to, to passive recruiting. We're recruiting all the time. Um, we have, I, I think in, in private industry, we also have, uh, recruiters that can just focus on that. So they might spend an entire, you know, day on LinkedIn of their week, just, just networking with candidates, telling them about the, the, the firm, what you do and, and what we're going to be looking for. Um, I've been a part of that, that market as well. Um, so I can, I can speak to it. So being able to move in that direction of, of you know, passive recruiting, um, networking through through LinkedIn, I think um, another way is um, social media and again just just extending our reach um, commu- you know communicating who we are our branding um, we We have a, a Cmo now that's that's working on um, refreshing our branding, figuring out what our branding is as a, as a college um, I'm sure you you i mean since you do this since you run this podcast i'm sure you you've interacted with some uh, faculty and some professionals from top business schools, and you see the ones that that are that are ranked really high, they have very good brands so I think um, looking at that branding and communicating and promoting that branding on, on social media is another way just to attract more again passive candidates i think um, I think the third way is, is looking at better ways to leverage our employee referral programs um, I, I think there there are they've been Criticized in some, in some instances, but at the same time, that's where you find good employees, although they may be homogenous. That's what the research says. But finding a ways to encourage our employees to, to point out um, people in the industry that may wanna come work here at some point in the future. And this is really relevant for especially our faculty. Um, being able to find diverse faculty, um, you really have to you know have relationships with these individuals um, they have to want to come here, but but it 's also more complicated than just hiring someone just to come in as a staff member, so just finding ways to tap into our own um, our own network here at the college and again that 's employees that's our that 's our leadership to to be able to to bring talent um, to me and and be able to 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 make me aware of individuals out there so we can start networking with them early
1: do you have any um do you have any stats, any figures around the the, the type of proportion of uh, hires that are, are coming from alumni or coming from faculty or other in internal networks?
0: We have not. I, I think um, with I, – I would say when you look at our employee, um, let's just look at staff, right? I think I would say before I got here about – Seventy percent of our staff were hired locally across campus. Um, we want to get that number a little bit more balanced um, probably um, I'd like to see that number maybe fifty to sixty percent um, either internal and or across campus and then another forty percent um, they come from industry because it could so they can bring something a new um, diversity of thought to to our college um, with faculty it's a lot of that again is you, your reach is only as big as um, how much you let your employees bring it. <laughs> so if you're not if you're not having like our specialized faculty, those are, are individuals that are not tenure track, uh, but they come here. And an example of a specialized faculty would be someone that was a CFO, and then they, they come here to to teach finance classes, right? Um, if we're not enabling those individuals who have a huge networks. To go out there and recommend their colleagues to us, then then we're really falling short there.
1: Okay, now let's talk about disrupt HR Chicago. Um, depending on when this is published and when people are listening to it, it's either happened or it's about to happen. Uh, you're yeah. talking about solving problems. Give us a give us an overview of, of what that session yeah, looks so like really and and what the learning about... sorry and, and and what the what the learning outcomes are as well.
0: So I'm really excited to be speaking at Disrupt HR uh, later this month, and I I actually got involved in this organization uh, from day one as a volunteer, uh, Disrupt HR Chicago, and now I'm going to be speaking. I think this is our our third event in Chicago. Um, I'm going to be talking about um, HR creating wicked problems. If you haven't heard of what a wicked problem is, it's a a very complicated problem that's incomplete, contradictory, and interdependent, interdependent. So that means that um, the solutions um, to fix the problem sometimes make the problem worse. Um, two of the problems I'm going to talk about um, and that and might disrupt HR um, session are climate change and uh, the gender pay gap, which is which are issues that um, I believe that HR can help solve, but we're not solving them because we're we're, we're, we're focused on the short term solutions of both of those things. Um, the, the one I'm really going to dive deep into is the gender pay gap. I, I don't think that HR is doing enough around the gender pay gap to, to solve this problem. Um, I'm also going to bring in um, some information about how our the HR function is changing, just like business is changing and business is taking a more active role in solving some of these wicked problems uh, where like our, our government or the public industry is, is falling short. So that's the gist of it. Uh, there is hope, though. So if you're an HR professional and you're listening to this and you're you're thinking about perpetuating problems, I'm also going to offer some tips on, on how to equip yourself uh, to be an HR leader to, to be able to solve these wicked problems of the future that we're going to continue to face on an ongoing basis.
1: Your session sounds wicked, madam. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're coming to the end of this particular show today uh, before we wrap things up how can our listeners learn more about you
0: so you can follow me on twitter I'm, I'm at Latanya wilkins i'm on twitter quite a bit i like to i like to have a lot of dialogue on twitter about what's going on and hr and culture and entrepreneurship and tech uh you can also follow me on linkedin uh just Latanya wilkins i'm on linkedin as well uh i also have a blog um, latonyawilkins.com. So I blog about about uh, twice a month, uh, mostly about culture and, and, and how to, you know, create a high-performing culture.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, that just leaves me to say, Latonia Wilkins, thank you for being our guest today.
0: Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me.
1: And listeners, until next time, this has been the HR Chat Podcast. I've been your host, Bill Banum. Have a wonderful work week.